Just a quick reminder, if you've been trying links that I've mentioned on any of these recent episodes of the show and they don't work, technology changes and some of the things we offer change. So what we've decided to do is put everything that's current over at photobizhelp.com forward slash links. And anything that isn't current probably won't work. So if you're having trouble with a link that doesn't work, that's probably why. Head on over to photobizhelp.com forward slash links. Or if you're following along at photobizhelp on Instagram, it's the link in the bio. The point is that social proof, when you have the testimonials from previous clients, what it does is it confirms that you are an expert in your field. It gives them a little confidence to know that you've gone through the process and provided the deliverables. And then it showcases all of those fun, tiny facets about you as a business owner that really do make you stand out. This is the Photo Business Help Podcast, a resource for photographers of all levels from brand new to burnt out, who believe that business growth starts with personal growth. I'm your host, Natalie Jennings. I created Jennings Photo back in 2010 and have been happily full-time since, but not without some mistakes along the way. Those lessons, plus what's really helped me thrive financially and personally are what I wanna share with you so you can grow with your photo business too. You'll also hear stories from other photographers and industry folks as well as my favorite ways to be more mindful and happier on this journey. This episode is all about, well, it's all about a lot of things, but one of the things that we're chatting about is what are you sharing with people outside of just your photographs? So in other words, can people tell where you're from? Can they tell a little bit about you from either going to your socials or your website? Audrey and I also cover some sentimental stuff about a beautiful client story I received. We hope you enjoy this episode, get you thinking a little bit more deeply about what you're sharing and how just because you're a photographer and just because you have cool photos doesn't mean that should be the only thing that you're sharing. Our chat's followed by an awesome interview with Erin Olilla. She is a marketing expert, SEO, all that kind of good stuff. So this fits together really well and is packed full of stuff that all photographers that are trying to grow their business should be aware of. Branding, marketing, and how to make sure that you're attracting the right clients. And once you do attract folks, how to not waste your time with going back and forth and then they're just price shopping and they don't want to hire you after all. Being clear, making it easy, making it SEO friendly, all the things outside of your amazing photography skills that make your business successful. So you don't want to miss this. First, here are a few words from the folks that support this show. So if you're like most photographers, you probably didn't go into business for paperwork. Does the chaos of invoices, emails, to-dos make you a little crazy? Well, that is where 17 Hats comes in. Their all-in-one, mobile-friendly platform organizes your entire business. 17 Hats handles things like time-sucking tasks, payment reminders, capturing leads, and scheduling your meetings. With 17 Hats, important emails go out automatically. Quotes, contracts, and invoices, click, click, paid. So it's a small wonder that thousands of photographers swear by 17 Hats. You'll free up so much time from day-stealing to-dos. It's like you've cloned yourself. You'll be able to focus on what you do best, which is obviously photography. Meanwhile, 17 Hats does exactly what you need done to manage your business, just as if you were doing it. 
So why not clone yourself with 17 hats? Visit 17hats.com to learn more with the discount code PHOTOBIZHELP. That's 17hats.com with the discount code PHOTOBIZHELP. One of the best decisions I've made in over 12 years of running my photo business was switching to pick time. It is beautiful. It's easy to use. It's easy for your clients to use. There's slideshows that are amazing with music you can add. There's a beautiful store with tons of products and they dynamically insert your clients' photos so they can kind of get a sense of what stuff looks like before they order. They have these incredible automations that for me, it's been a game changer. I've made more money in my photo business hands down since I switched to pick time than any other time in my business. These automations remind people of sales, do all the emailing and communicating with your clients that you might not remember to do, and they make it dead easy for them to look at their photos, share their photos, and purchase cool stuff. It is so game-changing. And since I talk about them so much, I'm here to tell you what they are offering as a sponsor of the show. Go to pick-time.com, that's P-I-C-time.com, and use the code PHOTOBIZHELP. This will give any new user one entire bonus month free when you upgrade to a paid plan. You can often start a free 30-day trial, so whatever sounds good, you can head over to pick-time.com, use the code PHOTOBIZHELP, and make this huge transformation in your business. I promise you'll love it. It is amazing. They are amazing and really helpful if you need help. Again, pick-time.com with code PHOTOBIZHELP for a free bonus month when you upgrade to a paid plan. I seriously got one of the nicest text messages last night ever. I hadn't heard from my client. I'm not going to say names just in case people are weird about that, but it was one of the last weddings I did. So I was thinking like, I want to go out with a bang, you know, kind of vibe. And uh, at the wedding, she had requested that I do extra photos of grandma because grandma was in a wheelchair. She was clearly ill. She was in hospice care, but she was pretty with it, you know, like Mm -hmm. waving for photos and really sweet. But she, um, she sent me this text last night and I just thought, I don't know, I thought it'd be fun to just share a win. Yeah. Oh, I love it. We need wins. Let's hear it. And remind people to save these sorts of texts, like Mm -hmm. screenshot them and put them in a folder or whatever. But she said, the photos are absolutely stunning, Natalie. It was such a gift to have you as part of our day. And I am so grateful to have these beautiful images. They tell such a story. You captured so many emotional and fun moments. Thank you. From the bottom of our hearts, you have an incredible talent. On a sentimental note, my Grammy passed three weeks after our wedding, and you captured her so, so beautifully. We will treasure these photos. And I was like, oh, God. That makes me want to cry, like, immediately. <laughs> like, oh, God. <laughs> I've had that happen before. Yeah. As well. Yes. Uh, several times I've had people swing back around and, like, this family member passed away. And I'm s- usually it's a grandparent. I've had other people's, like, fathers pass away. And I always make it a priority to get extra photos of grandparents at weddings always yeah for for newer wedding photographers listening that's a big one i've mm-hmm. over the years you know i think we've i've said this number a lot but over 250 weddings which is bonkers to me it happened like a lot of people have passed on in that time you know and i think i just had a, a friend of mine i shot her wedding a couple of years ago and and her her dad passed and 
he was a really animated character. He seemed actually pretty well. Like, I didn't know. I don't know if it was a sudden thing, but his speeches were super silly. And, you know, so he was lucky for me. I got a ton of pictures of him because he was really camera friendly. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But it is a good reminder. It's such a good reminder. And it came on a day. So my grandmother's, my parents grew up in the same town. So they grew up together. So my grandmothers knew each other. You know, I mean, they both lived in the same town in northern Minnesota. And my grandmothers passed away a day apart. So my, gosh. my dad's mom passed on July 3rd and my noni, my mom's mom, passed on July 5th. So I got that message yesterday, which was July 5th. I mean, for those listening, it, it's not July 5th anymore, but it was like, oh, I love the grandma energy. And I oh. completely appreciate how important that is. Yeah, that was a weird, that was a weird time in our lives. I can't imagine. Did all your grandparents were, they were going to pass or was it more sudden? One was sudden and one was in hospice care. Mm-hmm. So it was wild because I think we were all prepping for one for months. She was really, yeah, kept surprising us. But mm-hmm. that's how my grandma passed. It was, we knew it was coming, but it doesn't, it doesn't change it really. <laughs> it doesn't make no. it weird doesn't matter if they no. live 100 doesn't none of that it really they're so special and i think that's why i always make a point to add grandparents to the family list and like get interactions with grandparents as much as possible if people have a special relationship with them or you know yeah yeah parents too yep yeah i feel lucky that i i had that relationship and i can't imagine what my parents were going through i mean they mm. lost their moms a day apart that's so wild. Yeah. When we went to, so it's a smaller town. When we went to the, like the mortuary or whatever, they gave us each a box with ash. Like we each got our own ash urn things. They're like split them into little ones. Okay. I don't know if this is like a weird, morbid thing. But they were in the same, two separate urns in the same little velvet box. And the guy was like, they're the only two people here. They were there was like, together. That's so wild. Oh. Isn't that wild? It makes me want to cry. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's wild. I know when I think about it, I'm like, what the hell, man? What a wild. Yeah, it was a very, 4th of July is like a weird, it's like a bittersweet one now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never been like a big, you know, federal holiday person, but, <laughs> but that aside, you know, yeah, I'm not, not one of those folks. Yeah. So that I wanted to share, though, because it it was like so sweet to have that message on like on a day like that and just know that that they really appreciated it. And that like since maybe I'll do weddings again, but that's a really beautiful way to kind of peace out. Yeah. And client like if there are any, you know, photo clients listening, like sending just a quick text like that really you don't know the impact that has on your photographer, you know, not, there's a lot of times where you don't hear anything, which I find so bizarre, <laughs> even yeah. at a family session to not, to not say anything, but it, you know, it doesn't mean anything really. Some people just don't reply back and say, Hey, I got the photos, but it makes such a difference. Yeah. And sometimes it's like a really long time before people say anything. Oh yeah. And you're like, uh, did it suck or yep. like? <laughs> I know I've learned that I can't let my thoughts get out of control on that one because there have been times that I'm like, they hate them. And then, you know, months go by and they're like, 
we're so sorry. We Life's been busy and we just are so obsessed and so in love with the photos. And it's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> give myself some pain. I mean, yeah. stories in my head. Yeah. Well, and I'll reiterate it. And I've said this before, but save all the good words, whether it's something someone says to you in the parking lot as you're finishing a shoot and you just text it to yourself to remember it, or it's a folder in your Gmail, or it's in this case, I screenshot texts and I put them in a folder in my workflowy called good words or something like that, because it really makes a difference. Not only you might want to use them someday for like testimonials on your website or in a newsletter, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Words on your website. Like that would be something amazing to have on your website. Yeah. Marketing content. Yeah. Totally. Totally. So save that stuff, you know, and especially look at it when you're feeling poopy. Well, and you know, I guess kind of related to the interview that is happening today with, with Aaron about marketing and stuff is like this idea, we talked a bit about communication. And I think whether it's like following up and being like, hello, did you like your photos? Or if it's like just general words, one of the things that as photographers, some of us lean probably too heavily on, and I've certainly been like guilty of it in the past is, is just having photos. I mean, we're lucky that the thing we're selling is a pretty easy thing to show. You know, we're not selling like plumbing pipes or something and we need like a really good (laughs) photo of it. You know, like, look at these, these are the best ones. (laughs) Like you're really close through this. Yeah. Or you're not selling something really abstract, like, you know, proofreading or so. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, it's right there in your face. And because of that, I think it's easy to forget that your clients still need to have an experience. And so communication is a central part of that, huge part of that. Words, you know, whether it's coming from you or words that are on your site. Yep. Or posts or whatever. I definitely follow some photographers who don't say a lot. Sometimes it just feels, or you go to a website where there's mostly photos and no words, and you almost wonder, like, is this even a real person? Is It just feels a little cold. Mm-hmm. Adding words and even a little bit of about you in there really can draw people in and warm it up a bit. Yeah, well, and I don't want to say especially for wedding photographers, but I think especially for, I, you know, I think newborn could fall into this too, but... This person with this camera is going to be like all up in your space, you know, during a very special, intimate time or even just at your house with your family or whatever it is. I mean, that's it's helpful to consider that that part of like that the human interaction is important as well as the photos. I mean, if you if you don't click, you're going to have a tough time. Yep. You know, being comfortable. Yeah, that's a good point. Because like the wedding, you know, you work with a lot of different vendors And you don't necessarily, like for a wedding, you don't necessarily need to create much of a relationship, a personal relationship with, say, your your florist (laughs) or, you know, whoever is baking the cake. But your wedding photographer is the person that's with you all day long. And they're with you, like, through all the really intimate moments. So getting to know who they are before you, you hire them, not just the kind of work they do is you know, something to think about. Yeah. And for wedding photographers, the way people get to know you is through your words. Yeah. I mean, we're there for some really 
special stuff. Sometimes we're the only one in the room for a lot of moments. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even your VIP guests aren't there. And so make sure you get along. But yeah, so figuring out how to get, you know, your vibe and your message across Mm -hmm. outside of just great images, I think is something to consider. There's a there's an exercise I have in the greenhouse coaching program called, I don't know if this is like, it's not meant to be ageist or like discriminatory, but I call it the baby boomer test because there's a certain generation of folks that age and older that many, not all, obviously my folks are like pretty tech savvy, but like a lot of folks that just don't know how to, they're not online a lot. They don't know how to do stuff online. So having someone take a look at your site and be like, can you figure out how to contact me? Can you figure out, you know, having a, I have a series of questions. Uh, can you figure out how to, you know, whatever. And we just talked about this with my coaching client yesterday and she goes, Oh my gosh, I had my mom do it. And my aunt. And she said, everything was okay, but neither one of them understood that you could click on the thumbnails for the blog posts to see the full blog post. They didn't understand that those were actual clickable things. (laughs) I know. This is so interesting. Okay. You know, and I said, you know, because it was like a grid of blog post options in the settings to like have it be hovered, hoverable or whatever, you know, to look like a button weren't, you know, they weren't there. And so, you know, I said, you may want to just say check out, you know, click on click on a thumbnail below to check out the full wedding or whatever it is, because yep. she's a wedding photographer. And, you know, it occurred to me like, hey, like the the folks that are maybe paying for your client's wedding, not always, are probably parents. So keeping that in mind, particularly for that crew, yeah, is um is useful. But I'm like gonna call my mom after this. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> it's not meant to dad, be actually. Yeah, it still signs when he texts me. He'll still sign his text message. Love, Dad. Oh, he'll be like, "Hey, oh. Audrey, it's Dad. What are you doing today? Love, Dad." Uh. <laughs> and be like, "Hi, Dad. I know it's you because it's coming from you." <laughs> That's really so sweet. I know. <laughs> I have a relative that's on Facebook that also lets you know that it's their comment. <laughs> Oh, those are funny. That's so interesting, though. But obviously, why would, I mean, they aren't spending much time on the world wide web. Yeah. Those things aren't intuitive to them. Makes sense. Yeah. So it's a useful thing. So, you know, before we jump into this interview with Aaron, like just thinking about a couple things, your messages outside of your photos. So like, is what you do clear? Are the basic questions answered? Like, where are you? What do you offer? Do you have a studio? You know, all that kind of stuff. If you go to Jennings.photo, which is my site, you you see pretty quickly that like I am a Minneapolis-based lifestyle photographer. You know, it's just right there. I think yours is really clear too. I haven't looked yes. at it in a little bit, but on the same exact thing that you're talking about, something that drives me crazy is when I don't know where this person is from, like what city, what country, what where they're based. It I drive me nuts and I see yeah. that. With photographers, even on Instagram, I'll be like, oh, my gosh, I love their work. Are they local or yeah, maybe, like maybe I want to hire you or maybe I want to collaborate with you or meet up anything. And I'll there's nothing. It's like, oh, my oh, gosh, that's... I bet my Instagram doesn't have anything. And maybe for some businesses, it doesn't matter because they're all over the place. But I guess that does kind of matter. <gasps> too. 
Mine doesn't say where I'm from on Instagram, although it does on my website. So I guess you should say where you're from. <sighs> okay. I'm going to do it. <laughs> you're right, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, some kind of, some kind of, you know, information. See, I encourage everyone listening to just look at your website. Like, does it explain what you're up to? And feel free to, you know, Audrey's website and my website, my photo website, not photo business help, but Jennings photo are in the show notes. I mean, take a look at what we're talking about. Give us feedback. But I mean, there's, there's certain pieces that really are powerful pieces, whether it's testimonials, like what you do, where you are. I mean, people want those questions answered. And it's really easy to answer those questions kind of right out, out of the gate. Yep. So what should I say? Family and branding photos in Minneapolis, MPLS based? Yeah, I think I have something, or I used to have, like, Minnesota-based available for travel or something like that. I don't think I have it anymore, but I do, I, mine just says Minneapolis, Minnesota. Minnesota-based family and branding photographer. It changed it because of you. Thank you. <laughs> See, we learn. We learn yeah. on this show. Yeah, cool. Well, let's just let... Let's just get into this interview. We'll wrap this up. Is there anything else you want to say about marketing or just words? I mean, we could obviously we haven't said hardly anything, but just no. just thoughts on sort of what people see when they come to your site. I guess one thing quick is that, you know, don't get so tied up in like what think about how what works best for you. For example, for me, I am a storyteller with my words, and so sometimes I write really long posts. That may not work for you. And if you if it doesn't flow well for you to write really long posts and hold somebody's attention, don't try because you'll lose them. So sometimes one-liners work better. Yeah, think about working yeah. with you and what your, your skills are as far as writing content or hire somebody. Yeah. They jive with kind of who you are and your vibe. Yeah. Yeah, bring some of your personality into it for sure. Oh, yeah. And. And readability is a thing. We talk about this in the greenhouse as well, that like most people want to get the gist of everything real quick. Like they want to scan. And then if they click further, then they'll like they're intending to read. But like those first couple things, you know, people just want to be like, oh, Minneapolis. Oh, weddings. Okay. And then if they're interested, they'll keep going. So you just yeah. want to get some of that information right out of the the gate. All right. Well, let's move on to my interview with Aaron Olilla, she's a marketing expert person, and she has a lot of really cool stuff to say. So thanks, Audrey. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you, Erin, for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. I, You sent me a note, and all of the topics that you wanted to cover, I was like, yes, let's do that. So before we jump into that, and we're going to talk all about the power of testimonials and basically just like boosting your marketing game for the most part. But where are you? Where are you? And what are you up to? Like maybe tell people just a tiny bit about your your background. Yeah, I'm in Massachusetts. I have lived here most of my life. I like it for the most part. I am an SEO website copywriter. And the beauty of this online digital space is that I get to work with people all over the world, not just in the US. The funniest part is in August, I will have been in business for six years. And just last month, actually this month, June, as of recording, just this month, I 
booked my first client in Massachusetts. So I live here. I've been here most of my life, but my business only first got my first Massachusetts client recently. So it's kind of a fun story. That's cool. That's really cool. And it just goes to show like, I mean, I talk about this a lot. I've been doing photo for 12 years and I never thought I'd end up doing what I'm doing now, but it it's really is an adventure. You just never really know how it's going to shake out. So yeah, that's cool. I- I originally went to school because I had the plan of becoming a college professor for creative writing. That's one of the things I used to want to do. Really? So I'm sure you've also learned it is extremely hard to make a living as a college professor or to get a term, you know, an actual job working there full time at a university. So I got my MFA in creative writing. And even still, when I got my MFA, I did not necessarily think I would take this copywriting journey. But I think there's, you know, a beautiful way of looking at copy from a perspective of strategy and psychology as well as creativity. I'm thrilled with where I ended up as a, you know, a website copywriter. I just never thought this is what I would be doing. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, I can totally relate to that. My my graduate work is in education and I was a high school English teacher and wanted to do the professor thing. And I ended up down this route, long story, uh, which I'm not going to go into, but I still get to coach and teach people in in certain way. So it's, it does sort of fall back to that a little bit, but I love it. I love the sort of, you know, I don't know, the unexpected when it comes to what we think we're going to do and what, what sort of opportunities open up for us. Yeah. And how much better things can be when we allow it to happen, I would say, you know, like, I feel like at least for myself personally, I have to remind myself not to just like be rigid and, you know, expect things to happen in a certain order. I would say some of my biggest mistakes or letdowns have been, you know, real blessings to kind of lead me in the right direction. So yeah, it's a constant reminder of myself that it's okay that things happen as they happen. If anything, it's better that things happen how they happen. Yeah. It's like that old, I don't know how old it is, but that saying, trust the process, right? You know, if you have your your kind of intentions out there, you just kind of take the ride and see where it takes you, which, which I, you know, I don't think a lot of us or at least traditionally weren't raised that way. It was sort of like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it's, I I, I think I'm going to butcher this, but there was some statistic that like over half the jobs that exist now didn't even exist Absolutely. when we were kids. And I'm sure that's true. It's probably even more than that. So I mean, what was a podcaster? Yeah. I mean, the closest you could get to a podcaster was like a radio DJ, right? You right. know, right. Uh, what was a website copywriter prior to like, you know, the 90s or 80s, I guess, when websites even existed. So, you know, like, I still think that there's so much growth in the world that can happen, even within our own industries to see like where we will end up within the next five, 10 years, um, hoping to be doing something similar. While I've definitely taken some twists and turns, I think that, you know, a lot of it revolves around the fact that I really do love teaching and I really do love writing and both of which are ever present in all of my jobs. So hopefully I'll be doing something like this in five or 10 years, but we'll see what the job title will be. Yeah, totally. Well, let's talk about um, the stuff that you, you know, originally contacted me about, because I think this stuff is so important for photographers, especially because we a lot of times get stuck in this like, oh, my photos will speak for themselves, which is true to a degree. But this idea of the copy that you use and again, everything, I'm just going to go ahead and just read kind of a little like probably not the whole thing, but you, you, you brought up three awesome points and we can just jump in and kind of chat about it. Okay. So 
So you talked about the power of testimonials and how photographers can create systems to request, collect, organize, and actually use them in their business and marketing efforts. So yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Right. So we talked about test, um, excuse me, about photographers having beautiful images. And honestly, that does so much of the selling for them. But what does just as much selling for any business, but definitely, especially in the case of photographers with the amount of competition you all have, is social proof. Think about, you know, like, let's just use wedding photography as an example. When brides and grooms um, go to get married, they look for their vendors, they can do a Google search and get a massive amount of photographers to potentially work with. So what they'll do then is either review their websites or review some of like the the wedding type of websites. And what they're going to find is is notes of thanks and praise from previous clients. And they're going to use that information to help them make a decision. Why? Because the competition is so heavy. I mean, I've been married for a little while now, but I do remember Googling as soon as I got engaged. I had a few potential photographers that I'd heard of locally. So sure, they were on my vendor list. But when I got that massive Google search results of like, here are your local photographers, like all I could think was like, well, I don't have time to search through these local photographers. And I won't, just like other people who are looking to get married won't. Or any any type of photography. It doesn't have to be brides and grooms. The point is that social proof, when you have the testimonials from previous clients, what it does is it confirms that you are an expert in your field. It gives them a little confidence to know that you've gone through the process and provided the deliverable. So there's just that standard client experience process right there. And then it showcases all of those fun, tiny facets about you as a business owner that really do make you stand out. You know, I talk about competition, but I think we all have to remind ourselves that it's great to have competition. Like, that's not a bad thing. You know, like, let's say that you're like a geek for Harry Potter, just as an example. Somehow that comes across as your branding. And someone contacts you because they also consider themselves a Harry Potter geek. Like, it's those tiny things that can make customers um, move forward in their decision-making process. And you don't have to share all of your personality. You don't have to share these things that you love on the, uh, in your personal life in your own branding. But any tiny little decision that you make that potentially could come forward in things like how you treat your clients and the testimonials they share with you will really just help you stand out in that sea of competition in a really good way. Yeah, completely. And one thing that I think I see my sort of beginner students freaking out about is that they're like, well, I don't have really, I have like two testimonials. And I encourage anyone who's listening and my coaching students to start like a little folder in their Gmail or like whatever's easier for them to just any, any good words, like screenshot a comment from Instagram, or if someone sends you an email and they're like, oh my gosh, we loved these. You were great. Like put them somewhere and use those on your site. There's one chunk, there's a couple chunks on my website where it's just quotes from past clients. And it doesn't have to be the screenshot from Google and the stars and all that. Like there's so many ways that you can really get that social proof in front of people. And it also makes you feel good. Like if you're having a really crappy day, like open up that folder and remind yourself that people actually like what you do, you know? Yeah, I think when my biggest recommendation when it comes to testimonials is to make it as easy as possible, not just for your client, mm-hmm. but for yourself, right? Like, I don't know, I love the I love this online digital world and what we're taught about marketing, but if anything, like it's not cookie cutter. 
like information. So mm-hmm. I think it's kind of does a disservice to people starting out to think that they have to have X, Y, and Z, and they have to have those things in a certain way. Like photographers, for example, you don't have to have um, testimonials from like, you know, the big people in your local area. Like you don't need to go get the mayor to give you a testimonial. <laughs> you, don't, you don't need any online influencers that are local to you. You need someone who is willing to just share that specific detail, that one thing that stood out to them. That's all you need. And how do you yeah. get it? You just ask. And I, I don't want to oversimplify. I know that there's a mindset thing that goes into asking. I know that there's a system thing that goes into asking. Um, but speaking to your point of like listening in or screenshotting things, I found in my business what I do now is that very first contact when it comes to like a kickoff call or whatever it is, I say outright, hey, testimonials are important to any business. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put my listening ears on now and anything you say throughout this process, I'm just going to jot down so that at the end, I can make it easier for you and say, hey, you said these three really kind things or you brought up this point of like an aha moment that I gave you. So that way I can like when it comes to you writing your testimonial, I can just say, here's the data. Here's what you shared with me. Is it okay to use this? Like, would you like to phrase it differently? So it can be that simple. Like you don't have to have forms and questionnaires and, you know, no. touch points. You can just ask the question and listen. That's a great reminder for people. For example, I was doing mini sessions the other day and I someone said something really positive about the way I ran the session. And I was just like, I'm going to just text that to myself yeah. <laughs> quick. Uh, do you mind if I, you know, use that? I don't have to mention your name, but I might put it on my site or something. And they're like, yeah, go for it. So, and- I mean, it can be that easy. So as a business owner, I think that's where I say the mindset comes in of either being afraid to ask or uncomfortable of just like stating this is what I'm doing. But as the consumer, I mean, think about yourself as uh, someone who's used service providers before. Have you, unless you had a horrible experience, which a key indicator for a small business owner, if you're really uncomfortable to ask because you know you didn't do a good job, that's not the person to ask for a testimonial, right? Yeah. Besides that one key issue If you are a consumer and you've worked with someone, of course you want to give them a testimonial. I always bring up um, the the vendor who came to my house and skim-coated the walls after we removed the wallpaper. Seems Mm -hmm. like such a random thing. Like the guy who goes unnoticed, right? No, he gave us such a great value. I mean, I like to look at my walls now. They looked like cardboard for the longest time because of all that like paper coming down and how it ruined like the background of um, the walls. But he did a great job. He was so nice. He was so kind. He had a process. He had systems. He stuck to his word. So at the end of it, I was like, you know, tell me how I can be your hype woman. Like I will do anything at this mm-hmm. point to build mm-hmm. you up because you're you're great to work with. And I think one way that photographers have it really easy is for the most part, when you're providing that deliverable, it's such an exciting moment for your clients. You know, they see themselves reflected in your images and they feel good, right? Like they, mm-hmm. they're, they're, it's really like, um, I don't know, every time I've gotten pictures done, I just feel like, wow, that's me. Or like, that's my family. Like, this is something I'm going to remember. This is something that means a lot to me. So in some ways, you have a really prime and easy way to say, you know, like, oh, thank you for sharing that thought. Or like, I love that you love these. You know, is would you be willing to say something that I can use on my site or I can use um, on Google My Business or any of these types of platforms that you can share testimonials for your business? Like, your customers 
want to help you. They truly do. So if that um, mindset thing becomes an issue, don't let it be. Yeah, totally. Totally. I think uh, it's actually an entire module in one of my coaching programs is all about asking, you know, because we we don't a lot of times. We kind of just expect like, oh, the link is there. If they want to do it, they'll do it. But, you know, just saying, hey, if you had a good experience, would you mind whatever? And we could go on about this forever, but I just want to let's get into the second point because that's sure. I mean, so just getting those testimonials, finding a way to gather them, using them on your website, which you can go to my website to just see an example, Jennings.photo, and, and it's it's very easy to do. And I think um, that barrier to entry doesn't have to be so overwhelming. Like, I'm just, I don't have any clients. Also, the other thing that came to mind just uh, before we move on is just remembering that you are always building your brand. I talk about this a lot, but like you said, if maybe you connect over Harry Potter, maybe you are awesome at just being punctual and having awesome emails and it's super easy for people to book and sign and pay and all that. All of those things are like super important to the process. I mean, you could be an amazing photographer. You could even be really, really good in person. You could be, you know, like prompt with your emails. But if someone struggled the whole time to figure out how to sign the contract and pay, and they were really frustrated and you had to do a lot of like troubleshooting just in that area, there's a chance they might not hire you again because I mean, the ease is really is huge. So let's, okay, let's, I'm going to, I could talk about everything forever, but um, (laughs) this other point, both of your other points are awesome. So let's talk about how websites can actually do the selling and repelling for you. I love that point. And I do talk about it a lot. So Leads aren't so much of the problem for photographers, but they invest uh, so much time into discovery calls only to get ghosted from price checkers. So, yeah, all that stuff. And I, I, this point of selling and repelling, I think, is scary for people. It's something. It's kind of the core of the greenhouse program that I that I coach, and it's it's really kind of learning how to say no, but also being comfortable that like you're not serving anybody by trying to serve everybody. Yeah, a hundred percent. If you are a photographer and you live in Minneapolis or close by, you are lucky because our new sponsor, Studio Q, is offering a 10% discount on any studio rental. But you want to take advantage of this. This is my personal favorite place in the whole city to shoot. It is located in the Arts District in Northeast Minneapolis. There's photo and video studios available to rent by the hour, the half day, full day. The walls are whitewashed. The ceiling and floors are all white and bright. And there's tons of windows, tons of windows. Most of the big windows are west facing. There's amazing light. There's over 6,500 square feet of space here. There's two studios. There's two full kitchens. There's private bathrooms. I've taken my branding clients and other clients here so many times. And it is always amazing. It's perfect for food photography, lifestyle, all sorts of stuff. You can use paper sweeps, tabletop surfaces, and hundreds of kitchen props. There's like a ton of stuff here and it just gets better and better. And the best part is Kristen is amazing and she will always be there to help you out if you need it. So use code PHOTOBIZHELP for 10% off any studio rental time. Just go to studioqmpls.com. Studioqmpls.com. Use code PHOTOBIZHELP for 10% off any studio rental time. You definitely want to check this place out. It is my favorite. Um, so one thing that I found um, when I worked with my last photographer to create his like rebrand of his website is 
it came up. I don't think he was recognizing it when we were like talking, but it came up about the amount of time that he spends on discovery calls or in-person meetings with potential clients. And, you know, we all know that time is money, right? So when we're meeting and whether it's virtual or in person with people who may or may not hire us, we're losing a lot of money. And I do discovery calls for all my large projects. So I do them for me so that I can make sure they're a client I want to work with that I'm able to work with and provide value to. So I get the value and I never want to discourage anyone from having discovery calls, but I sure as heck want to discover you, discourage you from having discovery calls with the wrong people, right? A lot of that could be simple in the effect of making sure your messaging is right. And, you know, we're going to throw some air quotes around that word simple because how simple is marketing and messaging? It is and it's not. But when it comes to our websites, I like to think of them as a digital storefront. And I give the example a lot of if you're walking down a main road, you see a storefront with like, you know, a beautiful awning, like really well-designed windows, and you that entices you to come in. So that could be very um, simple as like our Google results. People are searching for something specific. They read the meta descriptions that Google share, and they're like, oh, yeah, this is a potential vendor I'd want to work with. Once they get inside of that shop physically, they're greeted by a salesperson. They're directed to like the the products that they want to look at. Well, websites are similar in that your copy and your content and your photos direct people throughout your site. Now, client journey, when it comes to uh, websites, user experience, things like that are insanely important on how we actually book our clients. So if you are have a main website goal of booking discovery calls, what's going to happen? You're going to force all these people on calls with you. Now, if you find that you're getting too many discovery calls, there's a couple easy shifts you can do. One, adjust your messaging so the discovery call is not necessarily the most prominent um, goal on the page or the site overall. Keep it as an option, sure. Some people, especially when you're doing a larger investment with photographers, want to just make that face-to-face to see if they're connecting. Maybe they want to just see a little bit more work than you have on your website, like portfolio-wise. Or, for example, of bringing back the weddings as an example, maybe they want to see the albums in person. There's Again, there's nothing wrong with discovery calls. But if you remove the calls to action for discovery calls on every single page and then adjust calls to actions to move them to your portfolio as an example, move them to blog posts that share specifically how you work with your clients, a process page, an investment guide, things like that, you're directing them to research that they would do on their own, that they would ask you in a discovery call in a systematic way. So I don't just suggest like, you know, pushing people from one page to another. I really think you need to sit down and make the decision of, okay, we're on the homepage. Where do we want people to go from the homepage? Why? Why do we want them to do that? But if you already have a website and you don't necessarily think you need to make massive message updates, look at that like site structure and the hierarchy of the pages and look at where people are being pushed to and from. So that's one easy way. The second easy way is to look at the message. And this is where it really can get a lot harder depending on what your message is. Quick and easy shifts could very well be bringing that like tiny quote unquote weirdness into your branding. Again, we mentioned the Harry Potter superfan. And I say this as someone who has never read a Harry Potter book. So I'm not, I am not a Harry Potter superfan, but little things like that. Maybe your love of bacon, your love of traveling, you live in a um, small RV, whatever it is, if you're willing to bring some of these personal facets into your branding, 
add a little bit about that on your about page in blog posts so that when people see that and they can connect with it, it makes them feel more like, okay, yeah, I'll just hire this person. They seem cool for whatever way that you're showing yourself. The harder work is to review your own websites, to do an audit of your site and say, I'm not giving them the information they need. Maybe the entire process part is missing. I just got my brand photos redone um, maybe a year ago at this point. And I spent a lot of time researching who I'd want to hire locally. Yes, I knew a few people. But what I really wanted to see was, you know, like, do you have access to a physical location? And if you don't, do you recommend any locations? Because I'm going to be honest with everyone. I work from home with kids. It's a messy looking house. I don't want any pictures of me taken on my couch typing on my uh, computer while children climb over me because that's my real day to day. That's one example of an information that could be shared for a branding photographer. Other things for any type of photographers could be what's the process? That's the huge, huge thing people want to know. It's the process of being a client as well as the process of the actual experience, right? So when it comes to the client process, how do they pay? Is there a specific wait time? What should they do in order of hiring you to when the actual um, photos get taken? And then on the flip side, from the actual experience part of getting their pictures taken, what's the process there? Like, what time will you show up? What other types of value will you provide? Just using the branding again as an example, you know, like, are you bringing props or should I bring props? Like, will you give me any suggestions on how to do this? What's the timeline look like? Um, do you allow for like clothing changes, scene changes? It may seem all so obvious to you, but I think when you sit down and really like take an objectionable look at your website, you'll see that there are so many things that you're not saying that happen that can make people make decisions quicker. And if they feel more confident at that point, they don't have to do all of this on a discovery call with you. Yeah, totally. And I think we talk a lot about communication on the podcast and just remembering that your head is in your business all the time. And so what you think might be obvious is definitely not going to be obvious to other people. I think for most of the folks I work with, we don't do a lot of discovery calls unless it's like higher brand level stuff. But the CTA or the call to action is almost always like getting people to inquire because then that way, if you're offering multiple things, you should have a process for responding to each of those things. For example, if I get a family client, you know, I have a great FAQ page, I have a ton of stuff I send them right away. And I pre qualify them for the call that we will have later by saying like, this is where pricing starts. Are you okay with these things? And I think that way, I'm not wasting time when I get on a call with them because they've had most of their questions answered. But I try not to overwhelm them either. I think there is a balance between like how much you're communicating up front and how much you can walk people through that step by step. Because I don't think people want to know what to wear when they're trying to figure out if I have a studio. I, there's like definitely something like to keep in mind as far as that goes. But if you can, I guess bottom line with this point is like if you can pre-qualify your your uh, prospective clients as much as possible, you're not going to be wasting time. And I think that that's, I think you're not, you're not wasting their time and you're not going to be wasting your time. So I think that's a, a really important point. And this other one, I can't wait to get to, but the interplay between, so this is the third thing that you brought up, but the interplay between design and copy for a photographer's website, the visual images photographers have do so much of the selling for them. 
but that doesn't mean story and strategy and how they form a marketing message isn't important. So let's talk a little bit about that. We do rely a lot on our images as photographers, and it makes sense. I mean, you can pretty much tell within a couple seconds if you like someone's style or not. But if there's a lot of people in your area that have similar styles, the next step is really going to kind of make or break the deal, I think. Yeah, nope, 100%. Let's just start with the fact that I'm insanely jealous of photographers for the fact that they have such beautiful yeah, images. It is easy. <laughs> yeah, no, I imagine, right? Like you need the skill. I there. I don't want to simplify that. Like you're all so worthy of the work that you do, but you're starting from a great place. I think what happens though, if you want me to pick on photographers for a second, or at least be honest, which I will, yeah. is that you stay in that place. Um, mm -hmm. The first client that I had was a photographer. I do a ton of research. Um, just to state that upfront, like I research competitors, I research their clients, I research the field. So the first client that I had for my website copywriting business that was a photographer, I was like, wait, I'm missing something as I looked like through all of their competitors' websites. And then I started doing my Google searches. I'm like, where are all the words on their websites, right? right. Because right, right. they there's just images everywhere. So um, that started my campaign of my love for photographers and my like desire to like pull them over to the word side. But here's the reason. It's so easy to understand. If you don't have words on your website, Google will not index you. If yep. you want to yeah. have better clients or more clients, you need to think about SEO, right? And it's mm -hmm. not just SEO. It's the strategy I talked about a little while ago when it comes to determining how we move people through our website. So I think what I meant with that point was your photos will start doing the work. It's that awesome immediate qualifier that you mentioned that like someone can come to your site and say, Mm -mm, not for me and leave. And that's fine. You don't want them to waste their time with you. The people that do come to your site, see those pictures and they're like, wow, that's great. You want to keep them there. You want mm -hmm. to now give them a reason to potentially work with you. Sure. Um, and, and that goes back to a lot of what I said, you know, describing you as a business owner, what your packages are, what your, um, the ways you work with clients, your processes, processes, the investment when it comes to working with you. So that's what happens when people are already on the site. The other thing I mentioned is SEO. How do you get new clients? You yeah. know, in this online world, we're all taught these secrets of like, let's be in social media. Let's like adjust to all of these social media changes that happen every three days, right? And let's put our mm -hmm. business out there. But one of the best ways to get clients is through SEO. It's sure. going to serve you in the long term. And when you're using targeted keyword phrases, when you're using, especially for photographers who do work locally, when you're using those local SEO keyword phrases, you're just attracting the right people who could potentially be your client. I just think it's such a win-win. So it's for like, sure. yes, keep your beautiful yeah. images and let's just put some words with them too. Yeah. Because folks that are Dropping a substantial chunk of change to work with you, like wedding folks, branding folks, uh, my family stuff is pretty high end. You know, they are still going to a website. They still want evidence. They want more social proof than just like likes and stuff. They really want to see that you have something going on. And I think that, I mean, I drive that point home all the time. One of the things that I tell people they can do to to sort of see how they're faring is 
have a mandatory contact form question that says, how did you find out about me? And kind of keep track of that data because it's pretty priceless data once you have a year or two or like in my case, 10 years of it. And for me, almost all of my business outside of referrals comes from Google. So it's like, you know, people are like occasionally someone's like, I saw you on Instagram, but it's not very often that people that are looking to invest and stuff do that. So SEO, and we've done a ton of SEO workshops and different episodes on the podcast, but I keep bringing it back and I want to talk to people about it because I think, like you said, there is this like, some folks just think it might not be necessary. And maybe in certain specific niches, it's not. And you've been able to build your business in, in one on one platform. But I really think for like long term benefit and for reaching the right person, because someone sits down to Google you and or Google what they're looking for quite specifically. And if you can nail that one on the head, you're already, you know, a great match. So I appreciate that you brought that up. I mean, all of this super helpful, super important. Thank you. Yeah, totally. Well, that covers kind of like the three things we wanted to talk about. But I think, I think really like when I reflect on this kind of stuff, it's just thinking about whether someone's Googling something or whether they're hiring you for a specific thing, like a wedding, it really comes down to that thinking about what your client wants to know, you know, yeah. like, what do they want to know? They want to feel comfortable with you. They want to know how you work, what your vibe is, like what the process is going to be, what the pricing is. They also are sitting down to specifically type something into the search bar. And so these are all things when you're writing a blog post or, you know, refining the SEO on your website main page or whatever that you can kind of have in the back of your mind, you know? Yeah. Yeah, one thing I always recommend to people, because, you know, I get a lot of questions when I say things like this is, well, okay, how do I do that, though? Like, I mean, I'm not yeah. a mind reader. I think I know what my clients know. Yeah. And I will tell you for sure, most businesses that I work with only, like, skim the surface of what they think their clients want to know. There is actually a really easy way to, to get these answers. Remember, I said consumers really do want to help you. They want to hype you. They want to be your champions. Invest in some voice of client research. And there's two ways you can do this. For the newbie people starting out or like toddlers in business, they could just send out a survey that they've created on their own to previous clients, mm -hmm. or they could also post that survey on a social media channel and ask people to help. In the survey, you want to ask questions like, you know, what are you looking for in like for blank type of photography? Let's pretend again it's wedding photography. You know, like what's important to you in a wedding photographer? Like, mm -hmm. you know, what would make you feel really good? If they're previous clients, you know, what did I do good? All of that information is helpful. How yeah. did you find me via search? What type of questions were you asking? Now, for the photographers who have been in business longer and have some financial ability to spend, absolutely hire a copywriter or a strategist who can interview your clients for you. I love the answer I get from surveys when I do this for my clients. But to be able to like sit and ask someone true questions, not just here's one standard question that I'm looking for an answer for, but to dig deeper and say, but why? But why? Mm -hmm. How did this help? What benefit did this bring for you? Like, what were you looking for when you did this? What was your motivation for that? Like, you will find invaluable information. Yes. One, that can get put directly into your copy. Two, that can serve you long-term for things like social media posts or mm -hmm. blog posts. And three, so you can take the data and better your actual client experience for the people who are already buying from you, which just calls for better testimonials and things like social proof in that regard. 
It's so funny how this has come full circle, but what pops into my head is just ask, you know, like I, I spent the early part of my career doing a lot of follow-up, like you said, and asking questions and also being okay with when crap went wrong. Like, oh, well, that that isn't just like a client that's annoying. There's likely a problem on my end too that I can refine and make better. But asking, just asking like, what did you like? What didn't you like? Blah, blah, blah. Even if it's in conversation with them, like at the shoot or, you know, I ask my clients all the time, especially my clients that have been with me 10 years or more. I'm like, what do you think of the new thing? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And it's, it's, it is invaluable. And if you can, if you can remember to do that and not be afraid to ask and not be afraid to mess up, use it as kind of a guidepost for what might not be working. I think it's huge. So listening to your clients, that kind of takes us back full circle, but I'd love for you to, um, you know, for folks that want to learn more, I mean, where can they connect with you and, and let's take it, take it there. Yeah, I have a podcast for small business owners called Talk Copy to Me. So that is one place to come if you're looking for more information or you want to learn. Um, if you like to get to know me better, I talk to people mostly on Instagram. It's my name, Erin Olilla. And my website's also Erin Olilla. And that's another great place to come for content um, or just to learn more about how I work with my own clients. Well, we'll have all of your info that you provided in the notes. So if you're listening right now, you know, you know, the drill, just click on that stuff and you can get in touch with Aaron really quickly and easily. But thank you so much, Aaron. This is really, really valuable stuff for people. And especially, as I said, like photographers kind of rely in in their minds on just their photos and there's so much more to the puzzle. So. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like for the most part, like you guys are just, if you want some motivation, you're all off to such a great start. Like there are so many different types of service providers who would be so jealous of you, but get those pictures up there. And then if, if this is something you're just starting, start small, you know, just put your homepage with some words. Like you don't have to do it all at once. This doesn't have to be a massive overtaking, but I honestly think you're in a great place Add to it, like as you grow as a business owner, as you learn new things, as your um, processes and your services change, and you will be pretty wowed by the type of results that you get. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, that's a great place to end. Thank you so much. We should do this again sometime, but that was that was super valuable. And hopefully, hopefully you all learned something. Thanks, Erin. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, totally. That was Erin Olilla, and that was a little bit of a deep dive on branding, marketing, copywriting, all that kind of stuff, as well as your process. So get thinking about your process if you find that people are just price shopping or that you get on a call with someone and they just don't hire you and you just have this continuing pattern of not attracting the right people. Chances are there's a communication breakdown. There's an ease of use breakdown. There's something going on in your process where you aren't communicating what you might think you're communicating. And again, it's not always just your photos. It's a lot more than that. So hopefully you enjoyed this interview. Check the show notes for all of the links. You can find my website, Audrey's stuff, the links to Aaron's stuff, the links to all of the amazing offers that the sponsors are offering. Remember code PHOTOBIZ HELP for those offers. You can click right through, check them out. They are for photo business help listeners. So take advantage of those. If you enjoyed the interview and you're enjoying the show, please show a little love and maybe share it with someone that might like it also. That's how we grow. I'll be back next week. Remember, in everything you want to achieve, consistency is key. 
One more quick reminder, if you're feeling overwhelmed right now, disorganized, check out 17 Hats. You'll be able to focus on what you do best, photography. Meanwhile, 17 Hats does exactly what you need done to manage your business, just as if you were doing it yourself. Go to photobizhelp.com forward slash 17 hats to get 50% off your first year. A quick reminder, head to pick-time.com, use the code photobizhelp, jump on this offer, you get one free bonus month. This is the best decision I've made. I hope you give it a try. Picktime.com with code photobizhelp. Don't forget to head over to Studio Q MPLS to grab that 10% discount on a studio rental. Use code photobizhelp. This is definitely a studio you want to check out. StudioQMPLS.com. Use code PHOTOBIZHELP at checkout for 10% off your rental.